Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to season two, episode 13 of The Fashion We are such a joke, we have seasons. I know, we, we just thought it was just a nice, well, we were actually, I tell a lie, we've had a break. We've had a couple of weeks off over the summer to recharge our batteries and now we're back, we're even better and we're ready to bring you the content that you need. You deserve. You deserve you it. You need it, you deserve it. Yeah, we're here. It's really exciting. So this is officially episode 13, it is. but number one of, of season, season two. two. So we're back to fresh academic year. Um, we're just we're warming up, aren't we, for fresher? Yeah, we're raring like to go for the new students. However, I'm actually hosting the podcast with somebody new this time. This is actually mm. Sophie Hillier now. <laughs> Because she's married. I got hitched, everyone. She did. We had a couple of weeks off, so this girl could have a million Hindus and <laughs> a flipping good wedding. Yeah, Laura was one of my bridesmaids as well. I was, and it was a beautiful day. It really was. So, uh, yeah, so now the Fashionomics podcast is hosted by Laura Arrowsmith and Sophie Hillier. Ooh. I do love my new surname. I, do, I mean, I love Johnson. I love Johnson. Good, solid name. It is a solid name. But I think Hillier's just, you just don't hear it, do you? No, I don't know. I've never heard of Hillier. No, but yeah, I'll take it. There you it. go. It's a nice one. So yeah, Laura was my bridesmaid and I'm going to put some pictures on our Instagram or something to look at um, the bridesmaid dresses, which were actually it's 90s. <laughs> yep. I'm so proud of this. I'm so proud of this. My bridesmaid dresses were 90s from Primark. In the sale. I was with you when I picked them. Yeah. I, saw them. I, I was on a different floor to Laura and I rang and I was like, please come and look at these nighties because I think I want them for my bridesmaid dresses. Sorry, what? Yes. <laughs> and I got absolutely ripped by everyone, but they looked she did. sensational. Fair, fair enough, she did. And also, I haven't taken a screenshot yet, but guess who now stocks them? New look. Oh. New look stock my bridesmaid dresses. Exactly go. the same dress, but they are twenty three ninety nine. I saying. loved that dress. I'm going to wear it again. I've actually got some spares, so I think I might wear it. Yeah, it's so, so, so nice. I'll put them on the uh, Insta, guys. But anyway, enough of my wedding. Let's talk about the podcast. I bet you were bored already about hearing about me. Um, so this podcast is fabulous. So just as a touch point for the start of season two, we're going to do a bit of a roundup of all like the latest fashion news, anything we might have missed over the summer, things that have gone on in the last couple of weeks. And these are going to lead on eventually um, further in the season into uh, topics. So we're going to be talking about all sorts today. Um, as I get to know, we've got a very special interview with a Birmingham-based band, uh, Birmingham-based brand, sorry, um, from Hissy Fit. So we're really excited to speak to the girls there. And then, as I like to know, we're going to be looking at buyback fashion. So we're going to be putting spotlight on Super Dry. So here is Sophie Hillier giving you. This week's. You sound in the softer. Know. I don't know what it is. Hello, I'm, I'm a married Sophie woman. Hillier. I'm a married woman. I'm responsible. I'm absolutely not. If you just submit my wedding, you know I'm. <laughs> I'm still the same old SLJ. So we're going to start this week just by doing a little bit of an overview about things. You know, we've kind of had a couple of weeks off. There's a few things that we want to talk about, but kind of not big enough to spend a whole half an hour, forty minutes, as we normally would in this section, talking about them. So. Um, yeah, just as a little bit of a catch-up and things that people are talking about in the industry. So the first thing I'm going to start with, and we put this all over our Instagram, because because we knew we'd want to talk about this and we want really balanced views on um, Molly May becoming the creative yes. director of PLT. So I think me and Laura are very much on the fence. We've kind of... We, yeah. we can see both perspectives. Absolutely. I think I'm not a massive 
Molly May fan. Like not not. I just don't do. I don't do Love Island reality stars. Not, I do do Love yeah, Island. I'm just not. Um, that's just not really my bag. It used to be my bag. My whole business was built on it before, but I've completely stepped away from it. So when I say I'm not a fan of Molly May, I mean is in I just don't follow her. I don't think I even follow her on Instagram or any of those things. I know who she is. Yeah. Um, and I know. Well, um, fair play to her. I mean, what is she? Twenty two. Something 23? like that. And it's. Pretty Pete's nodding. Pete knows. Pete knows. Producer Pete knows exactly who Molly May is. How embarrassing for me. I mean, um, she is just, you know, flying through, isn't she? She's got her own tan, you know, fake tan. She's got her own. Now she's with Pretty Little Thing. She's all the hair, she's just a, yeah, she's, and all she's that got her finger in lots of pies. Yeah, she has. But I'm surprised she's got time to be creative director of Pretty Little Thing because I can't imagine that's a that's an easy nine to five job. Well, and that's the thing, and that's what a lot of people have have kind of gone. Ah, you can't imagine Molly May sat at a desk doing nine to five working. She won't have time. She's doing other things as well. I know. So how? So people have said like, how can she? do the role of a creative director yeah. when she's not actually Which I, I do get. I think if you've worked your whole life going, you know, paying for a degree, starting at the bottom and working your way up, um, and then someone comes along and takes that dream position that you've got without maybe all that work experience behind them, then it is a bit of a slap in the face. Yeah. I get it. However... I guess from a marketing, especially PR perspective, she yeah. is great. This is going to drive so much traffic. And I'm sure with the amount of followers that she has, I'm not sure how many it is. It's got to be a couple of mil, isn't it? Probably something like that. She brings so much traffic to the PLT website. Yeah. I think a lot of people have said maybe it's just the wrong title. Yes. I mean, we we yeah. don't know. We don't know. This, yeah, we, I don't know we, what we, she's doing. We could doing. see in a month's time that Molly May is sat at her desk getting in at nine yep. o'clock or even early and doing all those things and maybe she doesn't want to do the whole celebrity thing. we don't know and that's what it is it's all speculation isn't it and like we can all be very quick to judge but I don't I'm going to say that I doubt it um, but yeah we've had a lot of you know messages of some people going yeah like it's brilliant great blah 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 like, good for her and yeah I can yeah, yeah I can it is it. great and you know what like, I, I said I'm not a fan but I do remember when was it when she did a first launch of PLT she donated all the money to yes. a charity yeah. I believe I mean she's I think she she comes across as lovely and really genuine and hard, very hardworking. Yeah. Um, but as you're right, I just don't know if it's the right title. And if you look at this happening elsewhere, um, Kendall Jenner's just been announced, hasn't she, as creative director for is it is it Forward? I, I think it's Forward. Don't know. Um, but anyway, I saw so, something about it because they were talking obviously around yes. like kind of celebrities taking roles within yeah, so in the fashion I industry. Just creative director is such a big role. Yeah. It's like your dream, isn't it's, it? It's my yeah. It's it's my dream role. I'd love to be a creative director for a fashion brand. I think it's just the absolute goal. Um, but there's years and years and years of hard work behind yeah. that, and, and knowledge. Where's where's her knowledge coming from? And it's not just about styling shoots and picking locations. Like it's not that, and that's. I don't know it's if direct that's, direction isn't it? It's, it's like it's the direction of a, of the brand. It's, yeah. it's everything that it you know. It's it's everything. Every um, buying decision, collection review, um, tone of voice, tone of voice yeah. copyright, it's everything. And yeah. I just feel like it's such a big role for somebody somebody that's twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, we did put it out onto our Instagram, and we've got loads of. Really, you know what? Really, like mature, balanced. Yeah, you know, a lot did. of people. Are like, you know what? I love her. She's fabulous. She's great. She is. But uh, you know, like you said, people that have worked in the industry for a long time that have maybe done like five, ten, twenty yeah. years and are still 
an assistant or yeah, 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 a manager absolutely. and not a director and people are going for crying out loud or you know maybe the people that have worked at boohoo pretty little thing all those brands within that group are going for god's sake i've been here since yeah. day dot you they know must, they must be you know you're not gonna be working there for 10 20 years and then some as i said somebody just walks in and takes your your dream role it just it just doesn't seem fair but as i said i do think there is a bit of pr behind that as well yeah no definitely um it's it's hit the news it's got us talking about it oh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the whole point isn't it Every, think of all the people that have shared it commented on it yeah like if it was just any tom dick and harry inside the business that didn't have a following that got the role would people know no yeah. i wouldn't know about it no it's funny do we define her as an influencer or a celebrity Oh, I would say an influencer. So I'm starting to verge on celebrity. Because is it the fact that you are an influencer until you get so big that you become a celebrity? This this will be a whole podcast. And I think I really, really am quite passionate and want to talk about the kind of celebrity market, marketing mm. and how it's changed. You know, um, I did a bit of a bit of um, PR piece and commentary for um, a publication this week um, with our PR department um, and I got to comment on the use of Beyonce and Jay-Z in um, oh, the Tiffany. Tiffany campaign. Yeah, and I'm wrong. Like, I think so it's wrong. wrong over it. Like, I'm not being funny. Beyonce is incrediple. Oh, I love Beyonce. I love Jay-Z. Yeah, seen but... multiple times. But it's dated. Mm. I'm sorry. But, uh, sorry to say... I love I Beyonce. Agree. I'll get those albums out. Sasha Fierce. Oh, oh my God! But it's she's not she's not now anymore. Like she's not but, had her. But, time. I don't want to say that. Is Tiffany now anymore? True. Oh, you know what? Such a good point. I wouldn't buy Tiffany. No. I mean, if I was given no, like a yeah, Tiffany well, ring or something, I'd be like, well, yeah. hey. But I would remember move. when we were at uni, the Tiffany chain necklace with the oh. little heart was so. Never in. had one. Never wanted one. I wanted one. Did you? Yeah, oh, I did. No. But now I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want it. I just. You know, I oh yeah, there was definitely it. a phase of like there people was. going to New York, going yes. to Tiffany's, and yes. blah, blah blah blah. Yeah, it's just a whole different ballgame. So isn't it? It, is it? Is it right? Very true. But it depends on Tiffany's strategy and how they view their business and do they want to reinvent themselves and do they want to be current and relevant? If so, then maybe Jay-Z and Beyonce weren't quite the right people for their demographic. I don't know. It's very true. It's very hard, but sometimes when you discuss brands like we do, when we aren't the right demographic, maybe. Or if we don't know if we are. But I don't think I'm the pretty little thing demographic. I say I used to be. I I really do feel, like I've said this to Lucy when we had her on from PLT, that I do... I don't know. I like used to buy a lot from PLT, and I feel like since I've hit my thirties, I'm thirty one, uh, thirty two, yeah. <laughs> thirty two um, in a couple of months, and I'm like, can I still shop at Pretty Little Thing? I don't know. I think anybody can. You 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 own what you wear, but for me, it's the same as Zara at the moment. Everything's flipping cropped. Oh no, don't. I'm sorry, no. but I'm getting a bit of a muffin top, especially during really COVID. Isn't. So I don't want to be wearing, you know, those little skimpy little things and. Oh, it's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky. Age and fashion, again, probably a whole other yeah. podcast, which is, you know, and this is what the kind of things we're going to have lined up for you um, over the next few so weeks. So many interesting conversations <gasps> and great people to talk to as well. And now I want to talk about my second favourite mark, Furmark, not Primark. Furmark. <laughs> that, as soon as I saw that, that, I was like, it sounds like Primark. Yeah. I, bet, I, suppose, I think it's supposed to sound like Trademark. Um, but yeah. obviously they must be aware. Anyway, so for those that don't know, LVMH um, have launched um, a fur mark. It's supposed to be like 
trademark for fur um and it's in collaboration with like the international um federation of fur trade or might have got that wrong but something like that in america and it's basically um like a legislation trademark that overviews the process of using fur in the fashion industry and we're still talking real fur which laura will go off it guarantees animal welfare doesn't it yeah so it's about kind of being able to talk it's like a tracker isn't it it's about being able to track that garment and understand from the minute that fur left that animal to the, the moment you put it on how that animal's been treated how the fur has been removed and produced and all those things um which I ain't about fur, Laura ain't about fur. We don't wear real fur. No. Uh, we don't really, um, what do you call it, we don't support the use of fur. But at least if brands are using it, there is some responsibility to the animal now and yes. animal welfare. Yeah. We're I, both animal people, aren't we? I think it's really good that they are doing this. However, I think I think fur is so like 2000 and like... 15. But I did an article for iNewspaper last year, maybe the year before, and I slated Chanel because Chanel, one of the last designers to ban fur from the catwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a little bit confused why... Where this has come from. Why if, if they're people have starting it. to reintroduce it, are they? And just saying, well, we're going to still use it but we're going to make sure that it's environmentally friendly and we've got this kind of like, as you say, where we can track back where it came from. But I don't see why we have to use fur in this day and age. I no. wonder if it's because there needs to be a difference between high street and high end. And is it the fact that the people that buy these designer products, yeah, coats, be. want to feel luxurious? They want that they premium want that. quality. Yeah. They don't want the synthetic fur. Yeah. But at the same time, get over yourself and think about the poor animals that are being skinned. I'm going to tell you something right now. Go on. I've got a fur coat, a real fur coat. Oh, But it is in a suitcase in my dad's loft. And actually, it was actually my nan's. Yes, okay, this is yes. where this is where I'm I'm all right with it, yeah. vintage, because it's, it's a, done its time, it's still being yeah, used. Yeah, I don't ever... It's got like, longevity. I would never choose. You wouldn't choose it now. No. You wouldn't buy into it no. now. But when, yeah, that's when I was younger, different. oh, my God, my, I used to go to my nan's, and I used to... My nan and granddad, Pat and Pete, and I used to um, dress up. She had a few furs, but there was this one silver fox fur. And obviously, as I'm talking, like I was, like, eight or something like that, and I literally used to put her granny skirts on and, like, peg them... <laughs> because they were huge on me because I was so little <laughs> and wear this fur coat and put like all her jewellery on as a youngster and then when my nan sadly passed away um, it was actually left to me and Aww. I've never worn it and I never would and you've I got would sentimental never, values yeah that, and I would never choose yeah. and go out and go I'm yeah. going to buy fur. I would never would I, I, mean, I love faux fur I've got loads yeah, of faux fur no, yeah I'm fine I'm fine with faux fur I'm all for it it's yeah. just I don't know whether it's because I'm now a pescatarian so I see things yes, differently yeah absolutely but I guess I just couldn't I don't know. It depends how you view things. But at the same time, I wear leather and I don't think anything of it. Yeah, I suppose. So at the same time, it's a bit hypocritical of me to say I wouldn't wear fur, but I would wear leather. It's interesting you talk about the differences between like high street and high end. Because actually, as of course, I watched Joe Lysett last week. Uh, I love Joe Lysett's Got Your Back. And um, one of his like celebrity enforcers, Rosie Jones. I love her. Amazing. Um, she actually um, did some uh, research uh, around high street brands using fur 
Um, and she oh. found that Shein, which I know is a Chinese retailer, mm. um, was selling products with real fur. Um, they refused to comment. Um, but it was found that Dorothy Perkins was selling, I don't know if it was shoes or I can't remember, there was a, there was a product that had real fur on it. Um, and obviously now Dorothy Perkins is under the Boohoo group. Yeah. Um, in all fairness, Boohoo did um, come back to the show and, and respond to Channel 4 and say okay. that um, they did put the blame on Arcadia a little bit and say, obviously, we've taken over and it yeah. was an older item and it was in stock, but they have removed it. And I don't know if they've put money into something. that There was something else. Watch their lives. It's got you back on Channel 4. Um, but I think it's interesting that these brands are like sneaking yes. in this real fur. How I've heard they this happen before, it? though. It's just not... Like, understanding your supply chain, understanding where things are from. Yeah, it's that responsibility, isn't it, um, of these brands? Yeah, but as you said, how long can they blame Arcadia? Like, Yeah, there's got, there's got to be a point where, like, yeah, well, go through your stock with a fine-tooth comb and check everything because the media will be looking for them to trip up, won't they? It goes back to season one yeah. when we spoke about quality control. Yeah, absolutely. And that supply chain and understanding where everything is from. Um, so, yeah, it'll be in- interesting to see what happens with this. If there's any backlash or if there's people pro-fur now, um, more people are willing to wear fur because they know that it's um, more environmentally friendly and it's got this um, trademark now. So, yeah, let's let's re- let's review this again. Absolutely. And this is what I love about maybe doing this, um, like, little overview when we start a season because there's so many, like, as we talk about these little things in the news, there's so many topics that we want to share with you. And obviously, if you have anything that you think, oh, yeah, I'd really like to hear more about that, let's talk about it. Let's, let's go there. Let's talk about it. Um, another thing I know Laura is really, really passionate about is um, disability in fashion industry, well, the, the lack of yeah. um, like diverse clothing and inclusivity around disability. However, I just want to do a little bit of kudos to um, a brand it's actually Jules um, there was a lady that posted on LinkedIn I saw this actually um, and uh, I don't know if it was the actual girl that posted it Sa- Sarah Stacey um, and she is disabled she's a wheelchair user and she'd bought a Jules dress and it wasn't wheelchair friendly and so when she sat down it, it was really really short and it meant that she couldn't um, she couldn't wear that dress. And I think this is, I think we've had this conversation and we've seen posts like this all the time and how like fashion brands just don't consider people with no. disabilities, both physical, mental, emotional. But it, it is hard though to, to cover everything and cater for everybody. Yes. I'm not saying they shouldn't, I'm saying they absolutely should. But it is very difficult um, to understand people's needs and wants. But again, it goes back to consumer research. Yeah. Um, a bit a bit more specific and personal. We can be personalising our marketing, yeah. all those kind of things. So we do need to look at how we can be more adaptive, I think. And I think this is just, this is like not gone anywhere for many, many years, but no one seems to be like pioneering it. No, but I think it's very hard to get it right. Because yeah. also if you saw a business model or you went onto a brand website and there was a certain section for disabilities would there be backlash that you were singling those people out to a certain section of the website and not being inclusive yeah but then if you don't cater to that certain demographic you're ignoring the problem and there are no i guess there's you you can't product yeah there's nothing so how how do you win being fair yeah, and, and that's, you know, key, key words at the moment. Equality, diversity, inclusivity. Yeah. And this is where, you know, um, 
disability and fashion is a whole other it's a whole other spectrum and, and people I think again people need to do their research I think like focus groups those kind of things sit down what do people want what do people need how do they want to be communicated with absolutely yeah and I think that, that's going to be um, a key to it but Jules um, did a, a great thing and got in contact after they saw the post and they adapted the dresses and sent her a selection of items so Which I think it's fantastic yeah I think that's really really good it's step, step in the right it. direction yeah step in the sure. right direction yeah no it's great PR for Jules um, but you know it, it gets people talking and that's essentially what it does the more people talk about it the more people are aware of these things maybe the more people will do something you know we're really keen as lecturers um, to be talking about um, EGI with our students because we want our students to go into industry and you know every year make we... these changes yeah absolutely have that be that voice yeah absolutely from sexual orientation to disability to race to gender we want our students to go out there and, and make those changes uh, and just very lastly um, as we um, kind of summarise on um, at In The Know this week we did just want to pay our respects to Sarah Harding who sadly oh, lost her Sarah. battle um, with um, breast cancer this week um, Girls Allowed Singer I think very much mine and your era Laura yeah, for sure. watching Pop for Idol sure. so young taken at 39 which is even more terrifying because we're you know mm. early 30s it's yeah. you know it's, it's our decade and we've obviously grown up with her and loved the Girls Aloud music oh, and remember when I went to see Girls Aloud in uh, I won a competition didn't I of course I won a competition she always wins competitions I went, went to see that Girls Aloud thing with my dad oh. <laughs> it was like a live Girls Aloud oh, um, Saturday night thing on ITV so I went to see it. I loved that absolutely yeah. loved them so I think for us it's just saying check your breasts don't be embarrassed check your breasts don't be shy yeah. um, make sure you go for those checkups yeah um, definitely I think we just feel like we've got an audience we've got a a captured audience here, mainly female. We've got we've got some boys out there, and you know other yeah. cancer and stuff. You know, I've openly spoken about my partner having um, lymphoma, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah, now in remission, which is amazing. Um, but it is it's about whether you're male, female, checking those lumps and bumps, check, checking changes in your body. And we were talking today about smears as well. Yeah, because I embarrassingly embarrassingly said that I've got my smear today, and I'm embarrassed talking about it. And so he was like, "I was fine. Like, yeah, like we, I'm open we, about we've it. We've got to normalise it, haven't we? Yeah." And I thought, but why am I? This is just something that we have to, to do. do, and it's the right thing to do, and Absolutely. everyone should be going and having it. Yeah. So don't be shy. Every female has to go through it, and just check yourself. And definitely do it because I had a scare, didn't I? I did, did have a scare a few years ago because I'd, I'd left mine. I only went over by a year. She was naughty. And then I did only by a year. Only no, by, yeah. you shouldn't leave exactly. it. Exactly. How in a year? How much your body can change? And I did yep. have precancerous cells, so. I you know, just want to kind of say we've got we've got a you know our little collective audience here, and we just want to urge those people to be having these conversations, posting about these things, encouraging each other. So if one person from this podcast today could check the boobs and book in their smear, I will be happy. Anyway, back to fashion. <laughs> So, welcome to this week's Get to Know, where we bring some fabulous people from the industry to you, and we're really excited today. So excited. So excited to be speaking to not one, but two very fabulous people. Uh, and what's really great about this brand today is they are Birmingham Yay! based, so it's really, really great to also be talking to people on our doorstep. That's a really important part of, of who we are at Fashionemics. So, we are talking this week to Danny and Shannon from Birmingham based brand Hissy Fit. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. So Danny is owner and CEO and Shannon is creative assistant at Hissy Fit. So we've got two fabulous people to tell us all about the brand. Welcome, guys. Hello. So glad to ask, well, for you to have us on here. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we're really happy. We're so excited. 
Well, we want to know and we want our audience to know all about Hissy Fit. So, you know, who you are, how long you've been going for, what do you stand for? Obviously, you're Birmingham-based, but, like, is Birmingham a big part of your brand? Tell us everything. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I'm Danielle. I graduated from BCU in, oh. fashion in 2013. Um, worked in retail for a few years. Absolutely loved it, but just wasn't fulfilling my potential, I felt. I just really was missing being creative. <laughs> so, on my days off, I started Hissy Fit, basically, sewing little bits. Um, in my room and selling it on Depop and as just demand grew I moved into my nan's spare bedroom oh pick <laughs> up your nan yeah she's my like number one fan of hissy fit oh that's so adorable um, yeah and then demand just started to grow so I went full-time I quit my job at just before Christmas which really wasn't the best idea <laughs> so it was absolutely skint um, going into January with this new venture. <laughs> wow, but that then, is so risky. What a brave thing to I do. I know, but we'll look at the payoff. I well. know. I know. But thank God, because my dad was not happy either. <laughs> Mom and dad were like, I can't believe you're doing this. But um, yeah, it worked out. The only thing I was completely rubbish at sewing. So I quickly <laughs> found that I had to go find a manufacturer or somewhere to get my stock. Then I found a factory. And it's just, it's just all gone from there, really. Now I'm in, like, the biggest unit I've ever been in. And I've got staff, like, That's amazing. <laughs> Why Hissy Fit? Where did the name come from? Oh, this is so lame. But <laughs> a random word generator. It's not even no. a fun story. I, honest, honest to God, I just couldn't think of a name for it. And I'm, I, Shannon will back this up. I, I haven't got much patience for stuff. I just, I want to, we need something done. I just need it done. <laughs> the goal of the day was to find a name. Okay, then, random word generator. And it said... Hiss, and I just went from there. Hissy fit. No that way. Was it. I love <laughs> that, but it, it works. Yeah. Works so well, yeah, so, so well. Yeah. So tell us about your clientele. So tell us about the products that you create and who, you know, who they're aimed for. Well, it's really changed lately yeah. because the first, because we've been like nearly seven years now, the first five, six years, we were rave and festival yeah. where we were targeted to like, 80 to 25 year old. Oh, we're too old. Oh, we can't wear his hair. Cut us out. We all are. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was weird because I, I, I was never really into Raven Festival wear. Even I wasn't really part of that, but I just looked yeah, it great. Yeah, it wasn't the intention, it was, such, was it? No, it was never the intention. It just went into that little market and it was really good and I did love it. But I think just as I've got older, because I'm 30 now and... Oh, hey, 30 club. Uh, yes. <laughs> It's not been as bad as I thought it would be, but yeah, a bit 30 now. And um, I just really wanted to rebrand. I wanted to take it a bit more casual, a bit more wearable, be more, uh, get more sizes in, just be easier to, to brand myself as well because I was just getting too old to fit into the clothes anymore and fit <laughs> into that market. Um, so I rebranded January 2020 and then the pandemic hit yeah. and every and it oh, luckily wow. it was like I had a sixth sense that it was going to happen it was that's just mad yeah. well I was gonna yeah. say that was one of the questions we wanted to ask you was about you know how um, you know that's, that's something that we saw about your brand is, is you know for, for us a lot of our students wearing yes. it around yeah, Birmingham yeah. going to raves going oh, to festivals and that's how we know about your brand through that kind of word of mouth and a big part of that was that rave wear so it's interesting because one of the questions was going to be how is that how is the pandemic impacted that for you because if people aren't going to those raves yeah. and that, you know, yeah, how would yeah. that? So that's it's like you knew, like a gut feeling that something had to change. And like yeah. you said, like you, 
It is funny that, I, I mean, I've never had my own clothing business, but you've got to be passionate about, and you've got to want to wear those things, haven't you, in order to yeah. sell it? Yeah, it definitely helps. Um, but for, to be honest, when, the, when we did rebrand January, from January to March, just before we did lockdown, it didn't go well. I think my raveware customers weren't happy. They didn't want to buy the stock. Um, the business was in a bad place. It was like in debt. I was applying for jobs and everything when the um, lockdown hit because I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to change, uh, just put more into it. The yeah. first thing we'd done was um, mystery packs, and that is what completely took off. Mystery oh, packs. Tell us about oh, those. Yeah. What What were they? Oh, they were genius. <laughs> and it, it's crazy that it weren't like no one sat around here like, oh, let's strategize. It was literally your dad. <laughs> yeah, it was my dad. Okay, what was the idea? I love it's that. So just start, it was basically because I um because we everything had to lock down, my factory had to lock down as well. They're based in Birmingham too, they're just up the road. Mm-hmm. And um they had to lock down, they couldn't manufacture for a while. So I thought, oh my god, I've got all this stock, I just need to shift it really. Yeah. So I would I put together little outfit bundles. So a customer would tell me their dress size, favourite colour, their kind of vibe, um, and I would make an outfit tailored to them. That's amazing. Total mystery of what they would receive. That's yeah, such a good and it was idea. Really good because while everyone was stuck in their house, they couldn't get. People just needed to pick me up. It was like novelty, weren't it? Yeah. And I think with with the mystery packs as well, like it was something that no other brand could do because they either didn't have the amount of stock or yeah. they just yeah. would think it's not worth the time. Yeah, it's and not I the kind of thing that yeah, another brand could like a, do. Absolutely not. Um, and I think with that as well, like that's where sort of TikTok came in as well, weren't it? Because yeah. you were packing, like packing the orders on TikTok. So you kind of watch the whole journey of seeing someone order it, and then you, then like you talking through this would look really nice with this. So I'm going to put that together, and like you just get all excited, like just even being a watcher. I love um, that. See, I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm that loser. I'm, I just don't have TikTok. I just can't do it to myself. I um, do. So I, I do, and it's just a black hole of time wasted. <laughs> really. But has that been a big pick-me-up for your brand then, using TikTok? The, the best thing I've ever, ever done. Wow. In the whole, like, seven years is start TikTok. And I started it because I was working here by myself and I couldn't get any, any interns in, anyone to help me. I wasn't seeing anyone all day. I, mm. I started going a bit, like, stir-crazy, <laughs> not being able to talk to anyone. So I thought, I'm going to use TikTok. Everyone's starting to use it. And I'll just talk on there. <laughs> and i done my day in the life of. Um, and it just, yeah, it just blew up. And since then... It's so yeah. bored yeah. massively. It's just yeah. The it's power so of social media. Like, yeah. And yeah. it's so much different to Instagram because it's so much more casual and I can Rough. talk directly to people and yeah. it hasn't got to be all like cool edited or filters or anything. It's just yeah. like real stuff. And I love that. And that's a big part so, of your it's, brand, it's, isn't customer it? Customer connects yeah. with that as well. Yeah. yeah. Especially and um, being able like using TikTok to be able to like show the process of making a thing like educate people on how it all it's that transparency thing isn't it it's going back to transparency consumers wanting to know the full process and and the the face behind the brand as well i think that's really important it's humanizing a brand isn't it it's really important these days yeah i'm just gonna say when we had that like rave and festival wear customer and a few years before it's not something anyone really cared about they didn't care where it was made or who was behind the brand as soon as we rebranded and went on tiktok and started showing more behind the scenes People cared a bit more, didn't yeah. they? And asking more questions. Definitely. Do you think because and of that... TikTok, your Instagram followers has increased as well? Oh, my God. 
Definitely, yeah. definitely. Ah. The, the growth on Instagram was quite steady. Steady, yeah. so it wasn't bad or anything. But um, yeah, those people seem to go straight from TikTok over to our Instagram, which is good. Because yeah, you've got over it's 100k followers now, haven't you? Which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well done, you guys. That's amazing. It it's so lovely to hear. And this is what, I know, testament to you guys as a business. You, Dan, it's, it's during the pandemic, some of the hardest times for any business, at any yeah. retailer. And you've you just went, you know what? what fight I'm, or flight. Fight, yeah, it is. It's fight. We've talked about like, some of the bigger retailers on the high street, you know, during our very early days of our podcast. And it's, it is people going, right, this needs to work. We now need. So in a way, it's obviously been really awful for the fashion industry, but in in other words, and I'm sure it's, I'm sure, you know, I'm not saying it's all been rosy. I'm sure there's been, you know, some, some moments that, you know, as people have had it across lots of different businesses, but to kind of go, you know what, no, this is going to work. And actually, so, so, some people have been quite thankful for the pandemic, haven't they? Because it can be like, right, okay, like maybe your brand, brands and businesses may have never changed or grown any further if we hadn't had this kind of shock to the yeah. system. So many brands have happened because of the pandemic as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah. really good for small businesses because what was, what was great that a lot of our competitors, just couldn't keep up with us because yeah. their stock was stuck in China, it was stuck overseas, mm. so was their fabric. Like, we do everything in Birmingham in Do you? Because I noticed yeah. on your Instagram that you talk about ethical manufacturing and sustainably sourced fabrics, and, you know, I, I love all the sustainable stuff, me. So yeah. I just wanted to kind of ask a little bit more about that. So I love that it's actually made locally. Yeah, yeah. We, um, our factories in Aston Birmingham as well it's like a four minute drive wow and um it's a family business that I've that I've worked with from the start they were the first manufacturers that I've that I found that I stumbled upon and um they're like my second family I've been to like oh. best son's wedding no food. Like, food all the time like Bill is the owner and he's like my second dad oh Bill we love you Bill yeah. love you Bill yeah <laughs> he's amazing that's incredible because so many people, yeah, I've seen so many brands talk about how they struggle to get stock over and they've got a backlog of orders because they can't get it because of COVID. So I guess you guys haven't had that struggle and that's all yeah. down to being, you know, locally sourced product. Yeah, yeah. And like me and Shannon were talking about it earlier, like we said we're sustainable by accident. Yeah. <laughs> Love that honesty. Out. Love it. Because <laughs> when we when I did start it in uh, 2015, like it wasn't such a buzzword. Like I think if you asked me back then, what sustainable brand, I wouldn't even know what that meant. You think like, more like vegan yeah. vibes, yeah, or yeah, 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 that sort of thing. Really. I wasn't taught it at uni or anything. It yeah. just wasn't really spoken about. But um, now it's such a buzzword, and I, yeah, some Absolutely. some brands use it as a buzzword. I think and, and don't it, really fulfil. And it's yeah. almost like they've they've built the business, and then they're, and now they're realising that it's a buzzword, and they're thinking, okay, we need to make stuff sustainable. That's well. exactly it's, what we've like, been talking about on our yeah. previous podcast. Yeah, it's so all funny about saying that, and it's it's all about people saying it or becoming it because they feel the pressure to do it or the government yeah. are changing because it, it's fashion, things. It's fashionable to say you're sustainable. That's what it is. You know, yeah. so the fact that I love the honesty about you saying that it was an accidental thing but yeah, you just do it, it in your everyday today you know part of your role so that's really really interesting because I just wanted to be part of every part of it I couldn't mm. imagine selling something that I don't know where it's come from I and the lead even... times as well imagine designing yeah, like the collection like like next summer's collection like now I couldn't, I couldn't no. imagine that yeah. like I like how we have to be we, we can be reactive on stuff yeah oh okay so you don't have that down. you don't have that long turnaround of your product then do you like design no. the the patterns and the shapes and then you send it over to the manufacturers to create you know what's your lead time like <laughs> uh, it depends what it is yeah everything it, 
it's the fabric that it's the, the fabric first isn't it yeah, so it's dead stock fabric yeah oh okay we usually buy things in like big job lots and it's fabric that's been like cancelled by other suppliers maybe oh my god yeah it's really like weird unique stuff some of it has been in storage for like 20 plus years <gasps> wow amazing. oh i love so, that though i saw that on your instagram you you, you spoke about dead stock but i didn't realize that everything was dead stock yeah but that's great because that that's your sustainable ethical side that you're that stopping it from it. going to landfill and you're creating old to new so 100 yeah. percent, love yeah. it we've been able to find as well we love like vintage and charity yeah. shops and stuff like <laughs> Give us a charity shop over going to like a high street shop any day. And funnily enough, we've actually found some clothing from Jane Norman. Um, oh my god, I used to love that Jane is Norman. In our fabric. No. Got, yeah. Um, I think Danielle, you filmed a TikTok on that, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, there's a TikTok on it. Um, oh, I'll watch it later. Some, uh, oh my god, honestly, when I'm we when it. we saw it on there, we were like, we need to get it, we need to get it. <laughs> and then a customer as well, um, like sent in a photo of her nan wearing a skirt. <gasps> we could get any design we want printed and get it sent off and but that is just so much more fun and we'd love yeah. digging through yeah. job, lots of fabric and thinking it's even a challenge if ugly ones like, yeah. like what the hell are we going to do with this it's not on trend yeah let's make, just make it work it's yeah fun. but i think that's the thing as well. and that's what's great we've talked about it's recently again about trends and how trends are the whole process of trends have changed and do people follow trends so much anymore i, I don't, don't think, think they, they do. do they like what they like and i think that's what's great about fashion now is that you don't buy because i, I don't i honestly probably 90 percent of the time when i buy something i don't think about trends think about how i try not it. to yeah what, yeah yeah because i, I think this isn't going to last and in, in you know, a couple months time, will I will I keep it? No, I'm going to throw it away or hand hand it to a charity shop. So no, I don't think people are as trend aware now. They wear what they feel comfortable in and what, what creates they their identity and the brands sure. that they love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I love that. Yeah, and I, I, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I was going to say like a key thing with Hissy Fit as well is that you always bear in mind multiple ways to design things. Like mm. I. I all, most of our products are it's not just one way to wear it it's either reversible or you can do like different styles with it and that's a lot of our content as well isn't it like how to style yeah. things so that when people are buying it they're not just buying it in because sort it's trendy, trendy well. like it yeah. could fit into a different trend later on by yeah. turning it yeah. around or inside yeah. out or upside down <laughs> that's just it's the challenge of that isn't it it's like yeah. it's it's exciting to us I this think. makes me love the brand even more yeah yeah, me and Laura are just looking at each other like, yeah. wow. We both just sat here with our mouths open going, wow, ooh, yeah. yeah. All this stuff that we just didn't realise. And I think that's, that's just that's just absolutely because we're not amazing. on TikTok, but I'm going to... Yeah, I mean... I said, I said to Danielle as well, like, obviously, I've interned for you, like, I think from 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but from working here full time now, I'm still learning about, like, the manufacturing process. Yeah. And... Um, just and even as being like a, an ex fashion student, I'm I'm amazed at like how accidentally sustainable we are. Yeah, and to just the normal consumer who doesn't really know much about the supply chain and stuff like that. Like I think we we have kind of like a duty to be able to explain that process. Yeah, for sure. And to to compare that to other like we have a limited budget, whereas brands that you know, have got thousands and millions of pounds, you know, to, to actually 
that then cancel that fabric that then ends up coming to that we end up picking. Yeah, like, it's mad, isn't it? They've got all all the all the resources to not be like that essentially. And so true. Yeah, just, that is yeah, think, what a good way to look at it. You're so yeah. right. So so right. Uh, and hopefully that's what like we kind of want to do with 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 the follow with our following is to be able to explain that to the consumer so that they can be more educated yeah, because and question brands that aren't yeah being yeah yeah maybe consumers yeah. are steering more towards brands like you that are very open honest and transparent and less less towards the brands that aren't being honest and are greenwashing their consumers yeah. and are yeah. very trend focused you know they don't have their products don't have longevity like yours do no and I think that's what TikTok's full of like tick like I don't know whether you saw any of the paid ads at the moment it's, it's took about a year for them to cop onto it um I think it's QuickBooks or um is it like Sage Accounting which is for like small businesses so they've mm-hmm. realized that TikTok is full of small businesses yeah. that are doing like um you know like pack an order with me that sort of thing yeah I've and seen a couple of those onto it. yeah um and I think if you're a small business, like you have to be on there and bigger brands and retailers that have been around for, for years just have absolutely no clue on how to what use to it. Do. No. And they're just and they're just not they're not going to be able to grab the 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 watcher's attention like a small brand is. No, it's not authentic. They're trying too hard yeah. to make something work and mould it into it. their into their brand, whereas you guys just go on, be you. Maybe the fashion demics needs TikTok. I'm going to put it out you there. Yeah, I think maybe we need to. I've you just looked know. at your TikTok. 2.3 million likes. Ah! Oh, my God. That's we're, incredible. We're a bit behind, aren't we, Laura? You've got, got more TikTok. followers on TikTok than you do on Instagram. Jeez. Right, we need to, we need to get on this You can have to help TikTok. us, ladies. Educate the oldies, oh God, you know. absolutely. <laughs> I love that. You have it for a year, the TikTok. It's yeah. a year old. Year oh old, like, God. this week. Wow. Oh, my, my God. That's week, insane. Yeah. You must be so proud. You just, you know, it's just incredible. I'm yeah. just constantly shocked. I'm constantly in this state of shock, to be honest. <laughs> it's just like, I'm always what? shaking. I'm like, look how amazing this is. <laughs> oh, and you know what I miss? Like I said, I, I used to work for like a small family brand and I, I, I can feel that buzz. And yeah. cause no matter what you do, whether no matter what your role is, whether you're packing something, designing something, you all buzz off it, don't you? Yeah. And you're all dead passionate about that, you know, the, the little successes and the things that come, you know, with it. It's just amazing. Um, so my very last question, you've kind of said, you know, how you've, you've, just by chance, coincidentally, like, you know, you, you were changing and rebranding your stock anyway. But are you now that, like, society is re- reopening and we're so nearly there, hopefully, actually, when this podcast goes out, um, we will be free. We will have hit the 19th of July and we were, we're currently talking to people who will be free. How amazing will that be? So are you starting to see, like, an increase in people, like, going back and wanting those kind of rave outfits and things as they're starting to be able to go to gigs, festivals and clubs and stuff? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't because we did put all our rave stuff back on the site, didn't we? Yeah. Slowly and didn't really shout about it. It's just in small drops. Because uh-huh. it's so different from our current like collections, the two customers are so different yeah. from each other that because all of the, the customers that we've gained over this year, like They're completely different, know. aren't they, too? Yeah. What was- but, but we're still going to work on it. We're yeah, still we've still got the stock. So yeah. you, we need to um, just to think of it in a, the new hissy fit way, really. Yeah, that sounds nice. Oh, that's amazing. So what is next for you guys and what's next for hissy fit? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what's 
next is you guys helping us do TikTok. Yeah. We need well, a hissy yeah, fit fashionemics collab. That's what we need. Imagine <laughs> yeah. that. Um, the only thing is I am determined for like, I've always wanted to be the first like fashion head office in Birmingham. Yeah. I was, there's nothing, just when I left uni, there was nothing here. There was nothing in Birmingham. This is why I had to create my own job. And I'm sick of us missing out on such good talent that is here. Yeah. Yes. So I want that. I want to create more fashion jobs in Birmingham. So if you can't afford to move to London, you can stay here or you can come to Birmingham. Because I want to make a little fashion hub. We love the, yeah, we love Birmingham and yeah. it like I think it gets such a bad like rep and yeah. you don't you don't to to live your fashion dream you don't need to go to london or Manchester. especially yeah. post-pandemic like you, you exactly. know a lot of people are working from home yeah, yeah. yeah that's it and i think there is like bcu like we're all bcu alumni yeah that's mad so you know i mean there's just so much talent here that don't need to travel like and pay ridiculous here here yes ladies putting birmingham on the map yeah, yes. love it. We love it. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for joining thank us you, today. It's what an amazing brilliant. interview! Yeah, uh, hopefully, when I sit open down, we'd love to come down and visit you as well. That'd be really nice to come and oh uh, academics yeah. visit. We're inviting ourselves to everyone's head office <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> We're going to pretty little TikTok. thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we could do a TikTok together. Oh my god, yeah, that yes. could. Be, we'll come to TikTok school at Hissy Fit HQ. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, oh my god, god. So thank cute. you both yeah. so so much. We really appreciate the time, and that was just fantastic. Oh, thank, thank you. you. No worries, thank guys. Take, take care. Bye. So our like to know is the wonderful Superdry who have partnered with Oxfam for an in-store give back scheme. Um, so you can give back uh, through Oxfam by donating your used unused clothes and they create boxes um, and you can then when you donate your clothes, you can then scan the box where you put your clothes into for a chance to win a £100 super dry voucher. This is all part of the, is it secondhand September? Se- yes, yes. Which I always find really interesting because you see a lot of influencers online um, trying to shop solely just secondhand mm-hmm. in that month, which I think is, which is good, really interesting. Me and you would struggle, wouldn't we? Because oh. we're always buying new stuff. Absolutely. Um, but I do think it's a great initiative and I think it's really good that um, Superdry are now doing this. I, we don't know if it's just for September or if it's an ongoing thing, but if you do work for Superdry, if you do know, please do um, connect with us on Instagram and let us know because it would be really interesting. Um, I know that H&M, you can give a bag of clothing, can't you? And they will give you a £5 voucher, which is a great initiative, you know. Yeah. It's... Um, from their perspective, they get stuff from you, they give back to you, and by giving back to you, they then get you to spend more money in store. So Very it's clever. quite, yeah, it is a clever initiative. Um, so it would be interesting to see how well this takes off with Super Dry, how many people are contributing. Um, so please do let us know if you do it as well. That would be really interesting too. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if this is like a full-time initiative. Um, I, think it, I think it is a really, really good idea. Um, and I just think it must be really hard logistically for businesses to to, man, to manage that. So I think it's good that they've turned it for the charity. So it, like that you see exactly where it goes. Yes. Because um, I think logistically, if you don't do that, where do actually all the clothes go? Um, and, and anything to help, you know, with climate change, the environment and all these things. Um, I think it's becoming 
I mean, you know, guys, you know my views on sustainability, but I do have to say, I think with all the latest reports about climate change and things like that, it really has made me look and it really has made me read. Yeah. I don't know how much I'm going to change my shopping habits because it's not always at the forefront of my mind, which I know it should be. But like, I saw a quote, um, not I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago about the fact that we've always said, oh, it's not really going to affect us. It's going to be generations and generations away. But actually, I saw something about actually, no, it's going to be your great grandchildren. Yeah. Or it's yeah. But be it's, your us grand- yeah. it's us now. Exactly. So, and I think it just made me... It was that report that came out um, end of August. I can't remember what report it was, but it's really made me read and think, you know, about all these little initiatives that we can do and how how it will um, will build up and and it will you know mm. uh, make a difference in you know from all the little uh, things that we can do. Um, I I did re- read this slightly wrongly actually. I kept saying to Laura, "I super dry doing a buyback scheme," <laughs> but it's actually give back. But I think it's IKEA that are doing a buyback scheme, which I think is quite interesting. Uh, yeah, I think I've read that as well. And I think this is something I'd really like to see brands do. Yeah, is actually buy back the stuff and obviously at a very discounted rate or something like that. And it's just uh, you know maybe convert into vouchers or points or something like that. Um. Same kind of thing, really, but it's it's just that recycling, isn't it? And it's just yeah. kind of... Um... And I think going back to what you said about the climate crisis and, it, and me saying that it's affecting us now, I think it's actually made people think about how they approach business, like how businesses do business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what initiatives they can put in place. Um, and it's also made customers think about how they buy, how sustainable, how sustainably they buy. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like I've learned and known more about climate change through COVID than any other period yeah, of my life. Definitely. Um, which I think is fantastic. And I'm hoping more and, pe- more and more people are starting to educate themselves further on what they buy, not just through clothing, but f- through food, mm-hmm. um, where it's grown, what chemicals are being used and so on. Um, so I think this is great. And again, I think um, it would be good to see more and more brands taking this on or implementing some kind of strategy where they're reusing recycling rewearing whatever it is of their of their stock um but think about the ikea thing why don't people give their stuff back that's in really good condition can that not be donated um to the homeless you know when homeless people are set up with their own flat and they're being supported um, by local councils why can't that be implemented where where you're giving back to your communities yeah i think that'd be you know why don't we do that more um i'm sure that there is um charities and things doing this but i think it should be these smaller charities partnering with these bigger brands and saying well there's so much going to landfill but why are we not reusing it in our country because so much of our landfill actually gets shipped off elsewhere yeah um why don't we look at giving that back or i think I think that's a great idea. You know what? Because all these brands, like uh, like bigger brands, have like their set charities, which yeah. is great. So yeah. they have all these really big name charities. But you know, like brands like the Co-op it- have their community charities, yes. and people in the community vote for who they want to support. I think if like fashion brands did that, and it wasn't about like a fashion brand as a whole, it was about. Um, I don't know, Primark in Stafford yeah. donate to a local yes, shelter yeah. or a women's refuge yeah. or something like that. Because it shouldn't just be about making money from dead stock or, you know, secondhand mm-hmm. stuff. It should be, well, what? let's look at what we've got and let's give it to people that are in need or, you know, it could be a women's refuge, it could be homeless shelter, it could be... Um, you know, toys, why can't they go to a children's hospital? You know, why are we why do we not have this infrastructure where things are 
not discarded and not thrown away if they're slightly damaged or they've got a little chip in it or there's a little thread that's loose. Yeah. You know, things are so many, so easily discarded. I actually saw a TikTok the other day and it was really good and it was a woman that um, was making clothes and she had loads of scraps, like centimetres big, like loads of little offcuts fabrics. And what she did is she, she put them together and she sewed them all together and she made herself a really cool bikini. And I it just... I know that's a bit extreme, but I thought, how amazing. Why why are we just discarding all the offcuts and things? Why are we not thinking and, and, and doing something more with it? You know what? I, was like, I think it'd be great for the luxury industry. So doing doing something a bit like what uh, Ikea are doing. Imagine like you have a bag for a couple of years or a pair of designer shoes or a jacket or whatever it is. If the quality is that good in some of these items, you know, they might have a, a, couple, a few signs of wear or whatever it might be, or you've had enough of that jacket. It's got, I don't know, a few bobbles on it. But like, could like Gucci, Dior, whoever it is, buy that item back and sell it through themselves. So it's almost, you know, like it's starting to look at how I we suppose can that's a bit like replicas. vestiaire and yes, that um, kind of thing. But... Designer exchange. I saw that I went to uh, Bista Village last week and they had a designer exchange store there. Um, but the things were still quite expensive in there. Um, but I think, again, it's a great initiative, but where does that money go? Um, you know, that's just a brand making more money. I think we need to that's think true. about putting it back into communities again. Yeah, I love um, that idea. Because when you donate to a charity shop, you, you as the consumer that's giving, you're not getting anything back from it, but obviously that money's going to charity. But the point is, I think people like IKEA, if they're getting people to give back, um, are you buying back at a cheaper rate or is it being donated elsewhere? I think there needs to have that person or that team within their business model to have the infrastructure to, to get it somewhere else i absolutely love this let's do it let's let's take it to the wouldn't it be amazing boards? though that would just be such a feel-good factor to know that you're helping people and it's going to a better place we need more of this yes. woohoo season two <laughs> so there we have it episode 13 woohoo. boom done I hope you really enjoyed the start of season two. I've loved being more. back. Yeah, you? me too. I yeah. think it's really great to get talking about these things. You know, mine and Laura's WhatsApp is constantly like ping, ping, ping of like screenshots and things we've seen, and things that we want to talk about. So it's really, really great to be back in the studio with you guys listening. Um, so what have we got in store next week? What have we got in store? Um, we are going to be talking to the amazing Alexandra Pauli all about the luxury so industry. So excited to she talk to her. She has worked for some amazing Here, there and everywhere. Brands. Oh, just you, right, guys. We won't spoil too much of it. So we look forward to speaking to you next week. Bye. Peter Piper picked a pepper. <laughs> it's not picked a pepper. Peter Piper picked a peck. Peck of pickled peppers? Peter, Peter, Peter Piper. <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to go now? Oh! <laughs> Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.